Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of Under Construction. What it do, baby? To my left, I got Rodney, Cam Newton, Richardson with me. <laughs> what's up, Rodney? What's up? What's up? What's up? What it do, baby? Swag on stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hey, man, I really hope y'all watching right now. Rodney, Rodney Owen, if you listen on Anchor, make sure you check us out on YouTube and Facebook. Facebook, you got to see what Rodney look like. <laughs> Always to my right, like I, got, a drip. I got Jamal. Not as angry fan because both of his teams got a W this weekend. Darby with me. What's up, Jamal? What's happening, man? Hey, man, how does it feel to be 500 on the college level right now? Are you trusting Taggart now? No, absolutely not. not After beating Louisville, we still can't trust Taggart. No. So so what we got to do to trust Taggart? No, no. Now, look. Answer that real quickly. Don't blow 21-point leads and beat somebody who's actually worth a crap. I actually thought Louisville was going to beat y'all. Me too. So you got so, lucky again. So you got you got lucky yes. against the team yes. that you were supposed to. Yes. That. Yes. Yes. Right. Florida State's on trash. Who don't y'all got next? Let's week? move on. Who y'all got next week? It don't. It doesn't mess up. Who cares? I man? don't even know. All C- right. Well, look. CP, West Charles, hey, look, y'all. We're not gonna spend too much time. Uh, we got a little bit of energy today. The Carolina Panthers finally blessed us with a W of the season. So rev up the F one fifties, baby. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> 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 So look, y'all, we got we're gonna get right into it. All right. So the Panthers and the uh the Cardinals, they just got finished playing at the time of this recording. Panthers won 38 to 20. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out some stats. I'm gonna ask y'all a question. We're gonna get this going. All right. All right. So Kyle Allen, 250 plus passing yards, four passing touchdowns, CMC, 150 plus yards rushing, Greg Olson, two touchdowns. The defense had seven sacks. Two interceptions. Eight. They had eight sacks? Eight sacks. Eight sacks, two interceptions. So, so Jamal, I got a question for you. What's up, man? Why did we draft Will Griffin? <laughs> Why did we draft Will Griffin? And, and, and I know I know this is oh, only man. Allen's second start of his career. And I don't want to get accused of overreacting. He's 2-0. he's 2-0 in these games. I don't want to get accused of overreacting, but... Why did well, we draft Will Griffin? I have another. I have a counter question. How come we can't overreact? Because everybody else is already. Cause, cause <laughs> the whole world is overreacting. Apparently, the Cam Newton era is hey, done. It's a over. Huge QB controversy. It's the controversy right already. Now. But um, I got two words to answer your question, man. Uh, David Tepper. That's why we drafted mm. Will Griffin. Mm. And it's ironic because you know the, the other owner in this city who gets blamed for drafting our players. I just don't see the same <laughs> fire, the same, the same discussion when it comes to the, the owner of the Panthers for some reason. But uh, I don't know why. Why did we draft Will? I, I don't know. What what, what, what do you got, Rodney? It looked good holding that clipboard today. Uh, ticket sales. Ticket sales. Yeah, ticket sales. Charlotte. Ticket really? sales. Mecklenburg County's fine. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you wanted to have a contingency plan. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You thought he was more prepared than than, than he showed in the preseason, and so I can see it. But I would rather have had a uh, veteran backup than trusting Will Greer. But yeah, I'm cool with Kyle Allen now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I said everybody in yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. I'm, cool, I'm cool with Kyle, Kyle Allen. Allen now, right speaking now. of Kyle Allen, like what 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 do you guys what were you thinking about him going into the game, and what are your thoughts now after we we watch what he did today? I had a feeling that the Panthers would win big today. Okay, I, I, I truly did. Um, I've seen this movie before. Okay, mm-hmm. and when I when I say that. Let me just advise Mecklenburg County and surrounding areas, calm y'all ass down. <laughs> Please. I got two words for y'all. Matt Moore. Um, for those of you who were around back then, uh, 
Matt Moore was a backup quarterback who came in and did something very similar to what Cal Allen did today. We see what happened with that. Now, I'm not saying I want that to happen to Kyle Allen. I want us to ride this wave as far as we can ride it, okay? But I just need everybody to just calm down. We got a tough Houston team next week. Ooh, we don't want to. Yeah. Uh, we, we're not going to get too far into that just yet. But as far as what we saw today, man, I actually expected this. Okay. And I, and I don't, I really don't know why. And I've said this before. I don't know why everyone just kind of forgets and doesn't talk yeah. about that last game when Kyle Allen started against the Saints because everybody's like, oh, well, they weren't playing for nothing. It was the last game. No, 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 no. They played the starters. Played they played all their starters the entire game, starters. and Kyle Allen did the same thing he did today. So let's not act surprised for those of us who've been paying attention. Rodney, give me your thoughts on uh, Mr. Allen today. I thought we would lose, but okay. close. I thought our defense would play inspired. Uh, I thought it'd be like a 13 to 20 game. Honestly, I did not see this coming at all. I got a prophecy, guys. What's up? What you got? You remember back in, was it 2003? It was a black quarterback. Stop, man. <laughs> you stop, you stop nah, this right on. now. It's a, black quarterback. It's, a, it's a black quarterback named Rodney. <laughs> Beautiful name. And he got uh, bitched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At halftime. Yeah. At halftime. And his wife sung the national anthem and didn't sound good that day. Oh, don't, don't go ooh, there. She's still ooh. fine, though. She, but, uh, she's still bad. She's still bad. 50's bad. <laughs> Claire Huxley's bad. Um, and then the uh, savior came named Jake DeLong. <laughs> he was uh, a Cajun that was basically average looking. Kyle, Kyle Allen is average looking. He's the new Jake DeLone. I'm overreacting today. I'm feeding into the hype. Join me, Charlotte. Yeah. Rev up your F-150s. Let's, let's go. Concord, let's get it. Get to County, let's go. Let's go. Oh my Run God. for County, let's go. <laughs> Belmont, let's go. Now, yeah. okay, looking at today's game, with, with, with everything that's going on with, with, with Allen, and we'll get to talking about Cam Newton as far as his health and how he's been treated later, but... Quarterback controversy? No. 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 I was just joking, though. <laughs> no, Ronnie, Ronnie, you take this one first. Um, Cam Newton didn't perform as well because he was obviously hurt. But nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. He was obviously hurt. Uh, if you look at last year when he was healthy, one of his best years up until that that, that Pittsburgh game, I think, Cam, I, I, I think the emergence of Kyle, Kyle Allen gives Cam enough time to sit there and actually – Get truly healthy. He, I heard a rumor that he should be back during the, for the Jacksonville game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's like two it, weeks, right? That's, that's in two weeks. If, if if Kyle Allen's still playing good, extend it longer. Yeah, extend it longer. Extend right. it longer, and hopefully Cam will be better ready to come back for like a playoff run. Right. Got you. Got you. I still believe in you, Cam. You still got it, man. What you got, Jamal? Um, a couple of weeks ago, you were sent. You were uh, drawing an Andrew Luck, uh, Cam Newton comparison in regards to sitting out a year. Um, I don't know about a whole year, but based off what we saw today, Cam, take as long as you need, brother. <laughs> take as long as you need. Now, I we I, I am not off the Cam Newton boat. I have been pretty consistent the last couple of weeks. Again, I don't know why everybody is 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 not acknowledging how hurt Cam Newton yep. really is and how beat up he really is. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, a lot of people feel like a lot of people a lot of people are making excuses for Cam Newton, but it's reality. Yeah. It, it 
it, anybody who has followed Cam Newton's career up until this point, you clearly see a physical disadvantage. Mm-hmm. The last eight to nine games going back to going back to last season. So why are we so quick to overreact? Man? Like I, I get fans love the new thing and may not even understand what the new thing is yet. Yeah, we have this shiny new toy, but we ain't really played with it. But one week, let's quell our expectations just a little bit. Got an Let's interesting uh, parallel. So Cam and Luck have been compared a lot. No, both, don't go there. Both of their backups are shining, man. <laughs> oh, I'm telling bro. you. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I see the sun of optimism. <laughs> well, let's let's reel it back in and let's let's talk about the game today. Just overall, give yeah. me your thoughts on the game, Roddy. They play with a sense of urgency. Uh, they knew this game was important. You didn't want to get too far behind the eight ball. Uh, they believe in Kyle Allen, man. They, yeah, they yeah, really yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they bought into him. They believed in him. And, and, and North and called a wonderful game. Yeah. North called a wonderful game. Now, now you're saying that he he called. A, here, here's the deal that that frustrates me. When you when you look at teams that has quarterbacks like a Cam Newton mm-hmm. that has these mobile dual threat quarterbacks, when the game isn't going too good, and last year was a perfect example for the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, and when they go out for whatever reason, whether they get benched, whether they get injured, when the more prototypical stay in the pocket type quarterback comes in, it always seems like the play calling gets better. Because they trust the, they trust the quarterback. quarterback better. So do you think today was more uh North Turner uh calling the better game plan? Or was it do you think it's more this is what I want? <clears throat> so now we're so I can put him in a better position to win. I, I, I think it's 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 game planning and then also playing to the strengths of Kyle Allen. Um, for the first time this year, we're seeing a healthy quarterback. Yeah, who can who can really push it down the field and and, and actually scramble. So this was the full game plan for him. He game plan. He said, "Okay, Kyle, this is your strength. We're gonna go here, here, here. We're gonna try to get everybody involved." And 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 they executed the day. Right. It, I, I I I seen everybody smiling. The passion was there, and I, I loved it. It's the first time I seen. And it I and I'll give you that. And, and, and my bad for leaving you out, Jamal. But um, I saw a different Christian McCaffrey today. I saw him make a few cuts that he chose for whatever reason not to make last week uh, during, during the Tampa mm. Bay game. And and I don't know if he just had an off game. I don't know if he saw that once Tampa Bay was zeroing in on him, he was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out. But I saw a different CMC. I even saw a different. I saw a faster Greg Olson today. I and, 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 and it may even be by hey only. Man. It may have even been by only half a mile. Hey how does he keep getting open, man? <laughs> I mean, uh, eleven days to do that to you, man. Yeah, true that. True eleven that. days to do it to you, man. Yes. Like we're, we're discounting that. Yeah, that, that, they, they, they did just have a long break. So good job, good job to Ron Rivera right now for 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 motivating them today. What you got? What you got? I'm going to speak more to that Christian McCaffrey statement. Okay. <clears throat> I think you saw a different Christian McCaffrey because they weren't, they were not so dependent on Christian McCaffrey. I, they did not overuse Christian McCaffrey. You get what I'm saying? There was a play where they tried to uh, put him on the outside that, that didn't go anywhere. And that was last time you saw Christian McCaffrey <laughs> line up as yeah. a receiver. And you see what happened. Like, I, I, I don't want to say overworked, but. When when the other team knows where you're going every single time, 
it's hard to cloak that. You get what I'm saying? That we were so predictable. It, it was so predictable. And and today, we were not predictable. This is why we saw Curtis Samuel uh, ha- having a productive game. This is why we saw Greg Olsen have a, a great, great game. game. Great game. This is why we saw Chris McCaffrey have 150-something yards yeah, yeah, a game. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were they could not zero in and on just one, one player. Okay. So now, why, why does Greg Olsen look like he just got out the bed and he has plantar fasciitis on both feet? <laughs> <laughs> he runs like, and it's just like, how's he open I all just, the I time? Think, I just think with Greg Olson, especially being a tight end, he's not being, he's not too agile. So his his movements are a lot more deliberate. He has to think about his movements. And when <laughs> but you're, he's getting it done, man. When you're a receiver who's not fast, who doesn't have that ability to break away, you have to you have to be a good route runner. Yeah. And no matter how slow you are of a, of a wide receiver. If you can run routes, you will get open. And I think that's been a good thing with Greg Olson's yeah. his ability to uh, run routes. And he did wonders for my fantasy football team today. So <laughs> thank you, Mr. Greg Olson. So uh, while we were talking about specific players, we're going to take Allen out of this next question, right. okay? Because okay. I think that would be the consensus answer. So gotcha. other than Allen, give me your one standout player today, Jamal. I'm going to go with Brian Burns. Okay. I, I think he played a heck of a game today, man. I think he was literally – all over the field. Um, there, there was a play where, as a rookie, I, I was just blown away. Yeah. There, there was a play where, where Kyle Allen dropped back, and the pocket was collapsing. So Kyle Allen had a decision. He was either going to run to his right or run, run to his left. Murray. Burns was uh, – Murray, I'm sorry. Yeah, M- Murray had to decide whether he's running to his right or his left. And Brian Burns was engaged in the block. But he spun off the block and held his contain to make Murray make a split decision to go the other way, which resulted in a sack. And I'm just like, that's not rookie stuff. That's like vet stuff right there. Now, the sacks and the the tackles, that's the stuff that's going to show up on the highlights. That kind of stuff is going to make him a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? So I was super impressed by Burns today. What you got, Rodney? I'm going with Action Jackson, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. He – he yeah. overshot some stuff and missed some tackles, but, but he made up for it. I don't man. mean to cut you off, but is that not who Jackson is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's either a home run or a strikeout yeah. with yeah. Jackson. Yeah. He had a whole lot of home runs. Today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he laid down the boom today. <laughs> and, and that last interception, oh, my gosh, yeah, man. Yeah, that was yeah. that, 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 the elevation on it, man. It and, was you just know, like, it's wow. funny. It's funny because he's a second-year player. He actually had an interception just like that. Last year as a rookie, right. yep. near near the exact same, same sideline, which is which is crazy. Yeah, and uh, I think I'm gonna go with Jackson as well today, gotcha. both good and bad because Jackson had about three plays where he could have made big tackles, tackles. big time yeah. tackles, and he whiffed on them for whatever reason. He's but for the, big hit. the tackles he did make, those two interceptions. <laughs> Like, hey, Jackson, you 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 talk your shit. And I'm I'm gonna tell you something, man. Jackson is infectious. Like when he gets yeah. it going, yeah. when he's making plays, I I think that feeds on that defense, man. I really do, man. He's like the Cam Newton like personality, right? The defense. With the defense, With the exactly. Defense. With the and, defense. and we have not seen that level of swag from the defense it, at all long, this man. season. At all this season, yeah. So I agree. Big us, big us. So speaking of Cam Newton. Oh, Let's boy. go back. You, we we can't do a Panthers pod without speaking about Cam Newton. So one thing I want to talk about, um, <laughs> I want to talk about his overall health and the way he's been treated by the organization 
as well as the fans. I just want to kind of give you want to get some of you guys' uh, perspective. So I saw a tweet the other day from uh, Cal Bailey from uh, WFNZ, and he updated his uh, Twitter speaking on every starting left tackle that mm-hmm. Cam Newton has had since mm-hmm. 2013. And I'm going to run out some of these names, okay? So you had Jordan Gross, you had Byron Bell, you got Michael Orr, you got Mike Rimmers, you got Matt Khalil, who's in the process of getting benched right now. But another conversation, uh, Chris Clark, and you had Daryl Williams. I just had nightmares just now. Also, also mm. keep in mind that in 2013, his receivers were Steve Smith, Brandon LaFell, and Ted Ginn. And the organization rewarded him by taking away every receiver that had ever made a catch in 2013. And he went into the next season with the rookie Kevin Benjamin, Jericho Cotri, Brent Burson, and Philly Brown. So, so how, how has a three-time Pro Bowler, uh, NFL MVP, an offensive MVP, rookie of the year, uh, he's number one in the team in passing yards, Passing touchdowns. He has a better completion percentage in Panthers history than Jake DeLone. He has a better interception percentage than uh, or interception rate than Jake DeLone. How does a player of his caliber get treated the way he has been treated by not only the fan base, the organization itself? And you forgot one. He's had three different coordinators. And he's had three different offensive coordinators. Um, I'll speak to the organization first. I, I, I don't think it's for lack of trying. I think it's for lack of not really knowing how to get the best out of him. Mm-hmm. One thing you got to consider, his rookie year, he had Rob uh, Chizinski as his off- offensive coordinator, who who was pretty good at his job. Now, a lot of people criticize Chud because his offense didn't really jive with what a defense is trying to do because it was a quick strike offense. A lot of people would say, hey, the defense is on the field too much, but that's another story for another day. Can't put up some pretty big numbers with Chud. <clears throat> but just like you said, all those receivers under Chud's system, it well, took them away. They eight. Um, and then we get Mike Shula, whole different set of receivers, whole entirely <laughs> different, different offense, offense, polar opposites. We go to the Super Bowl with it somehow, despite uh, 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 Shula. They take all his receivers away again. When they finally, finally, finally start putting some pieces around him, like some, 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 like the Christian McCaffreys and some speed guys around him, TJ Watt ruins Cam Newton's uh, uh, progression, his, his shoulders, on whatever. And then all of a sudden, everybody forgets about it. Yeah. I'm at a loss of words. Because I, I, I just, people have, when I say people, mainly fans and sports media have some very short memories. Yeah. And those short memories, it, it, it comes across as this flat out disrespect, man. It, it really does. And, you know, there's a lot of people who say, oh, man, we're tired of making excuses for Cam Newton. These are not excuses, people. These are facts. Yeah. We're not making this up. So I'm at a loss, dude. I, what you got, Rodney? So. Coming in, Camden threw for 4,000 yards. With no offseason. With no offseason. No training camp. No training camp. Older Steve Smith. Two tight end sets with Olsen and uh, Shockey. Threw for 4,000 yards. And then they just. And, and, and then Ron Rivera's like, nah, we need to go more conservative. Uh, we don't trust you throwing as much. So we're going to just hand the ball off and let you run and ruin your career. That's what happened. You use him as a running back. 
You're going to have a running back career. I have never seen the zone read offense get used as much in the NFL as I did when Cam Newton and Mike Shuler were together as quarterback and offensive coordinator. And and, and the, the crazy thing is people say, oh, he can't throw. You don't you, you don't throw for 4,000 yards and can't throw. And can't throw. And can't throw. Can't, and can't throw. What, what is it? One of two quarterbacks in the history of the NFL – to throw for three thousand yards every season for their first eight seasons in the NFL, and, and let me, one I, of two quarterbacks to do that. No, you're good. You're good. No, I, I was gonna say I, I think what throws people off about Cam Newton, I'm, and I'm more so talking about Cam Newton before the shoulder, is that yes, he'll miss some throws that'll make you scratch your head. That, that I think we all know that. But what people don't mention enough, he will also make some throws that you'll say, "Oh my, there's gosh. nobody else in the <laughs> NFL who can make that throw." Can we all agree on that? Yeah. But we all know once the narrative gets rolling, you get what I'm saying? People are going to hop on the bandwagon, and here we are. Cam Newton, when he was in college, I wasn't a fan because he beat Clemson. I'm a Clemson guy. We know, man. But there was a narrative of Scam Newton. He's going to fail. Running quarterbacks don't 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 succeed. The people in the fan base want to go blame Gabbert. They want Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck didn't want to be here. Cam came here and, and, and turned the whole program around. He made us relevant. He made us relevant. Like he he was the he was the face of the of, of the Carolina Panthers. I, I know I know Luke is popular, but Cam is the driving force. The quarterback is always the driving force. Sorry, Cam haters, but he was the driving force. And we 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 hold Cam to things that he did in college. Yeah, he stole a laptop. That was in college. He has become a model citizen since then. And I think a lot of the hate towards him is because they didn't they never thought he would succeed. And so he proved all the doubters wrong. And now and, and now that he's hurt and his performance is not up to par, people are now piling on. See, I told you. I told you so, but you're like eight years, nine years too late. Right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna use some coded language here. Um I wouldn't be me if I didn't ask this question. So with the way, with the overreaction that we're seeing today, after the uh, the, the the Cardinals lost to the to our Panthers, uh, with everyone saying Cam Newton is done, getting him out of here, we have a new quarterback, we have a new sheriff in town. How much do you guys think that is, as far as a represent a, a representation of where we geographically are located? At? How much you guys think that's playing a part in? Um, to be honest with you, in my opinion. Geography ain't got nothing to do with anything, man. America likes its country music. Yeah. No, F that. <laughs> America likes its black quarterback in the modes of like a Russell Wilson. Don't say too much. Don't 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 have don't overtly have swag or anything like that. Don't 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 become yourself. Your hair needs to be in check. You 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 don't look like Brett Favre did with in his Wrangler jeans. You don't you you, you 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 don't compose yourself like a, a Troy Aikman did, and so Cam goes against. He's the anti what we've seen from a quarterback the whole time, and it just pissed people off that he had he's had so much success, and so geography ain't got to do nothing do nothing with anything. I mean, because America is America as a whole. <laughs> like, think about this: like 34, 35, 30, 35 years ago. There was an announcer saying that he didn't think black quarterbacks could succeed because they didn't have the the uh, intellectual, intellectual capa- capacity. capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in my lifetime. Right. 
relatively short time. That was ago. in my. I was a baby. That was in my lifetime. Right. <laughs> right. And so people like that are still alive, and they had kids and stuff like that, and it passed down. And so it's it's sadly it's it's never going to change. And it's and it's and it's funny you say that because you say that this country wants their quarterbacks in a certain way, more specifically their black quarterbacks. And when I look at Deshaun Watson, and when I look at Patrick Mahomes, and I look at um, Jackson up in Baltimore, and I'm like, these quarterbacks are the future. Everybody loves them, no matter who you are, no matter what team you root for. Everybody loves them. But as soon as, if one of them decides to take a stand on some sort of issue, if they decide to to start speaking out on on, on uh, race-related topics, if they decide to start dressing like a Cam Newton, then all of a sudden they're gonna start. They're gonna end up becoming a mediocre quarterback. Yeah. And I just think it's and, and it and it sucks that I even have that thought process. But every time I see them, it's warranted. That's what I think. That's I mean, I, think. I mean, before this year, Lamar Jackson had that mediocre quarterback label. He's a running back. Mm-hmm. And so he had to go out and prove They were himself. trying to make him a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah they're wide receiver. And then, like, you look at somebody like a Josh Allen, he was terrible last year. He's gotten better this year. But he was to me, he was a, afforded that opportunity without as much scrutiny to become better. Yeah. My favorite rapper once said, people fear what they can't understand. And I think Cam Newton, for a lot of people, they can't understand how you know, this brash, confident quarterback has brushed off every negative thing everybody has ever said about him. Um, he's been under the smallest of microscopes <laughs> since he's been here. He can't have a bad day. He can't pout. He can't be mad. He can't be upset. He can't do anything without – he can't put on that kind of shirt. He can't put on his hat. All this man wants to do is live his life and be who he is. And he has unapologetically been who he is. He says some things that I don't agree with. He's done some things that he should be held accountable for. But let me remind you, Cam Newton, since the laptop, whatever, I, something I don't even care about anymore, Cam Newton has not been arrested. Cam, there is no domestic violence situation with Cam Newton. There, There is no scandal with Cam Newton. What are we really mad at? What 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 has he done that's been so terrible that we that when I say we I not really we but what is it that people really truly don't like about the guy? Can anybody give me something? Um, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. But speaking of people being upset, uh, there's a lot of upset Falcons fans right now after taking that loss they did today. That's awesome. So let's go outside and let's go mess with them right quick, and we'll be right back, y'all, all right? All right. And we're back. Falcons fans are still upset. It's a great day, It's a y'all. great day. All right? It's a great so day. we're going to move awesome over day. into our uh, culture segment. Rise up and sit down. And our first topic <laughs> of our culture segment will kind of be sports-related, Okay. Uh, so for those of you that don't that aren't aware, Calvin Johnson uh, was interviewed by Sports Illustrated earlier this week, mm. and uh, basically the conversation was centered around his him leaving the NFL early, if he regretted his decision and all that good stuff. So some of the things that he said was one, he had no regrets. He smoked weed 
after every game, which blows my mind. Smoke weed every day. I'm not, I'm not mad at him for doing it, but just watching Eric Reed get tested every drug two minutes. Tested, 17 times in two weeks. Like, I, I mean, I don't get how Calvin Johnson was able to smoke weed every single Sunday. But I get it. it it's it's the lifestyle. Um, let me see. When he left, when he decided to retire, he had to pay back his bonus to the Detroit Lions. While the Indianapolis Colts told Andrew Luck, hey, you've more than paid your dues. You keep all your money. So there's there's that. This is America. Uh, he's been asked to uh, come out and work out with some of the Lions wide receivers. And he said he will. He has no problems doing so. But he will not do anything in the Lions stadium. So, like, pick an off-field site. We'll go there. But he's not going to walk on that field. So, uh, he talked about his concussions. He talked about the Lions' uh, commitment or lack thereof to winning. Um, just give me, give me some of your thoughts. And I'll tell you why. I wanted to talk about this later, but give me some of you guys' thoughts on this. Refreshing that you can realize that you don't you don't want to affect your future so much. He he said that he had nine concussions, mm-hmm. and they lied about it and told him to go back in there yep. and play. And the man has a family; he, he's looking out for his future, so it's refreshing that these players are feeling so empowered, even Andrew Luck, that they're thinking about the long-term view. Uh, you, you have players like uh, Junior Seau, it's a tragic story, and some of these other NFL, older NFL players who, who who struggle to get out of bed yeah, day, every right, day. Right. I mean, the money, the, 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 the financial reward is cool, but what's your quality of life afterwards? Afterward, yep. And so it was quite refreshing to, say he had, to hear him say he had no regrets. It's a truly great receiver, man, and and also the one thing that the the, the the Lions organization is trash. The whole organization is trash. You had two superstars in their primes. I'm Walk done. Away. I'm Walk done. Away. I'm done. I don't even want to play for you. I'm and done. that's what. And in, in in reading that article, I actually thought about Barry Sanders. Yeah. Reading that article because it reminded me of Barry, Barry Sanders. Obviously, he can't do it right now, but. Barry Sanders had been retired from the NFL for maybe like a decade. And when Emmitt Smith got got the rushing record, if Barry Sanders would have came back and played to the caliber that we were accustomed to seeing him play, he could have retaken back that rushing oh, title yeah. Yeah. in like Easily. two and a half Easily. seasons. Yeah. That's how great of a player he was. And Detroit still found a way to drop the ball on that. Um, I, 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 what's interesting about the article, it, it kind of gave you – <clears throat> kind of, it kind of made you see just how much these NFL players sacrifice their bodies and yeah. and really put their bodies on the line uh, for these organizations who could care less about them. I, now, Detroit is the extreme bad end of the spectrum when when it comes to this thing, and it just speaks to what Roddy said, man. Like Detroit is easily one of the worst franchises in sports history. And to top it off, they're in the city of Detroit. And I've in the been city there. of Detroit. I've been there. Oh, my gosh. It can't get more, more <laughs> depressing. But I, I also found it uh, empowering that, you know, uh, he, he invests in real estate now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he actually has a, a some sort of cannabis CBD business. I, I, I forget the details. But the part that I found refreshing was he, he was confident that his life after football would be would be great. Yeah, he he, did, he was not overly dependent on this organization who 
for lack of a better term, treating them like dirt. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And speaking of treating someone like dirt, speaking of an organization being a very trash ran organization, the biggest reason why I wanted to talk about this today is because we are a Charlotte sports and culture based podcast. So I'm reading this article and I'm seeing all of these things that Detroit did. Hey, give me back your money that we promised you, even though you've had at a minimum nine concussions and we still made you play anyway, or else you would have got cut. Hey, we're going to trade away mm-hmm. and Dominican Sue and I can't remember Farley out of Alabama. We're going to trade it because we're really not committed to winning. We, in what, a month's time frame, have come across another article of a team being exposed for the exact same thing that Michael Jordan continues to be accused of doing. I don't understand. I don't understand it, man. Now, now, if we wake up five to ten years from now and Kimball Walker puts an article out there and says Charlotte was not committed to winning <laughs> and Michael Jordan just wanted just wanted his money and that's why we that's why we drafted Frank Kaminsky when we could have got Devin Booker. That's why we didn't take Boston's 28 draft picks or whatnot. 28 late first round picks. I have a lot of crow to eat and I will eat it. But until I, I just I don't see Michael Jordan not wanting to win. I don't see the organization not wanting to win. And I know I know what you're getting at because between this and the Donald Sterling thing, uh-huh. those are organizations who truly didn't want to win, <laughs> no. who really didn't want to win. So when some of y'all come at Hornets people, fans, us, whatever, and you come with this trash, oh man, they don't want to win. No, guys. These are examples of people who really <laughs> don't want to win. And just in case you don't know where we're going with this, this is where we're going with this. <laughs> and another thing the Lions did, Kevin Johnson, easily, if not the best receiver in his era, yeah. one of the best receivers there, he had a wide receiver coach that he truly loved. He adored. He he basically said, this is the best receiver coach in the league. What did Detroit do? Let they him go. They got rid of him. They got rid of him. And you just reminded me of something else. This 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 was now I think this happened in year seven. I think this happened with year seven with, with Calvin Johnson. He came into the preseason and they were wanting to run whatever type of offense. And Calvin Johnson said, No, this offense is not gonna work. We need to He said we are literally not going to win a game if we keep this offense. And what did they do? <laughs> they didn't win a game. They went 0-16. Oh, <laughs> they went 0-16. And he stuck with them for however many more years. And how classy of a guy was he during that team? Because he never heard he about Kevin out. Johnson never speak out. He, ne- he never threw anybody under the bus. Even, even though they probably should have been, he never done it. He never did I, And I honestly, I honestly can't say that if I'm in his shoes, that I don't have some trade. level of bitterness because right. Calvin Johnson. God, could you imagine what he could have been on any other team, man? Exactly. Figure him like on the Panthers or or or, or even like New England. I mean, yeah. just anybody functional. Anybody, man. just anybody. <laughs> he, he he could go. He could have went down as a as a to Randy Moss, Jerry almost Rice definitely type type yeah. receiver. But he was. That's the and, thing. And he still and he was. still was. He, he just, still was. Just add winning to that. Now, you know what I'm I have a fond memory of, of Calvin Johnson. It was 2007. I already know where you're going with this. Clemson played Georgia Tech. <laughs> Georgia Tech, yep. <laughs> we shut them boys down. Calvin Johnson had one catch on us. Now, before before I say something else, I want to ask you guys a question, and you guys may or may not be able to answer this question. With But with as great as a receiver as Calvin Johnson was, how does a player go to Georgia Tech 
and become the NFL receiver that he becomes. Because, and I know you know this, Roddy, Georgia Tech didn't pass the ball. They, they, were, they, had, they Tech, had an option offense. Yeah. All, no, they, no, it was Joe Hamilton. They did pass a little bit then. That, I, was that before? They didn't pass yeah, They did not pass a little bit, yeah. He, 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 he was... He was an all-American. Like, 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 like he was he was the truth. Really? He so was they, the truth. they passed enough. They, 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 they passed enough. Okay, because yeah. because every time I hear Georgia I'm thinking Tech, about the Paul Johnson era. Yeah, was that's what it was before Paul Johnson. Okay, I, I, before I, Paul okay, Johnson. Okay, yeah. All right, well, then I'll take that back. I'll take that back. Well, uh, speaking of. He's a beast, man. Speaking him, of. Him and uh, Vernon, uh, the, the, the dude that plays for the Redskins now. The tight end. Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. So for whatever reason, I was thinking of it. I, I was thinking of that little triple option. Yeah. Um. Um. They they have nine hundred plays and eight ninety nine of them are running plays. <laughs> That's what I was. Nah, thinking Nah, it was of. different, man. It was different back then, man. All right. Well, speaking of something different, uh, we caught an Eagles loss today. <laughs> yeah. So once again, we're gonna go out of trash talk some of our Eagles fans, and then we'll be right back, y'all. All right. Sh- shout out to Jonah. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's gonna be a great week this uh, this week. You know, Falcons fans are upset. Eagles fans are upset. It's a, it's a beautiful thing right now. And as we record this show, we just got a notification that the Buccaneers, they actually lost. Yeah. The Buccaneers took a loss today. So that's what's up. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Daniel Jones, the Charlotte, North Carolina kid. Oh, yeah. First NFL win. Oh, Come yeah. Back oh, win. yeah. So, yeah, we, we'll, we definitely Are got we shouting out Dave Gettleman? No. Hey, no, no, no. We got to wait till right. the end of the season okay. to shout out right, Gettleman. Right. Okay. But um, one last topic that I wanted to talk about today, and this will be a very uh, freestyle-ish topic. Mm. Can an athlete be a, a successful athlete while simultaneously being an activist? And the reason why I ask this question is because with all the quarterbacks that are going down right now, you know, there's a lot of people talking about bringing in Colin Kaepernick. And there are some people out there who genuinely believe that Colin Kaepernick cannot be the quarterback that any team would need because he is too worried about his his activism. So is it possible or do you think one can do both effectively? I'm going to start out. I might get some ish for saying this, but if if your heart is in something, in in, in two things, you can't be fully one hundred percent into two things. You always gonna have to make a choice, and so he might be a good quarterback, but some of his activism may suffer, or he may be a hundred percent activist and some of his quarterback it may suffer, and so you have to make a conscious choice of, of where you're gonna put all your energy. At that point, I mean, I, I, that's just the way I feel. I mean, I, you can, this is gonna be pushback, but that's just how I feel about about it. Sometimes, like, it's it's when you're truly into something. For, speaking of, uh, for me, I'm a, when I'm into something, I'm a hundred percent in. Nothing else really truly matters. I mean, I have other interests, but they don't get my full attention. So, that's just how I feel on it. Like. I don't think he's a distraction or anything like that, mm-hmm. but he's going to do some soul searching. Too. He shouldn't be a distraction, but he would be a distraction if somebody signed him. Now, to answer, <clears throat> to answer your question, Vince, I think the NFL has sadly answered that for us. No, <laughs> you can't be an athlete and activist. We told you so. That's a sad statement to make, but it's been – been told to Colin Kaepernick, nah, you can't be an activist and play quarterback in the NFL. No, we we don't no, we can't we can't we can't mess up the good fortune of the NFL. We can't we can't we can't shake the ground here. No, we can't do that. 
I mean, on a more, my more serious answer is, I think you can do both, but <clears throat> you you have little leeway to be bad. Yeah. Because what's the narrative of people who don't like Colin Kaepernick? Oh, he sucked. I remember one game. People love saying that. I remember one game. Mm-hmm. I, like, I literally hear a lot of people say that. They point to one bad game Colin Kaepernick had, and they will harp on that until the end of time. Or you dress funny. Or you dress funny. Or you arrogant. So, it's a tricky question. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it really is. And speaking specifically to Colin Kaepernick, I, I want to I bring this local because – me and Kaiser talked about this off camera. We don't want this to happen. Mm-hmm. But what if one of our quarterbacks goes down? You mean to tell me Colin Kaepernick can't get a phone call from us? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Despite whatever he's doing outside of football, you mean to tell me that that dude doesn't deserve to be at least a third string quarterback on yeah. the team? Yeah. Despite all the all the wonderful things he's done off the field. He's put in at least enough work to get a phone call. So yeah. effectively, yeah, you can do it, but the NFL has told us otherwise. Yeah, yeah, and and me personally, <clears throat> maybe and maybe effectively is a better word. Maybe that's a better word. I personally believe you can do both, and I say that because you look at a lot of a lot of big time athletes mm-hmm. in and outside of football, even with them performing at a high level with their with their athletics. You have a lot of athletes who they're buying uh, chicken restaurants, or they're buying pizza joints, or they got real estate, or they're 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 giving back in some type of way. And when you see them doing these things, you never see someone say, "Hey, you should stop buying all these houses." Or, I, 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 I would say to that, a lot of them have advisors and people that they trust in their circle handling those transactions and like. When everything's close, I, I think that a lot of them get, hey, man, we, we, we got this deal right here. What do you, how do you feel about this? It's your yes or no. But but on the opposite end of the spectrum, I've seen we've seen examples of Dennis Rodman go to Las Vegas during the NBA finals and come back and pull down 18 rebounds. We've seen Rob Gronkowski party with models and be on boats and drink and do <laughs> all this other beers. crazy yeah, and yeah, chugging yeah. beers. And then go out and be the best tight end in football. So there, yeah, there's always look, man. There's always people who know how to strike a balance. And I tell you what, there was a there was a documentary. I want to say it was on the 49ers. I can't remember if it was a 30 for 30, uh-huh. but it was back when Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders were teammates. And if you guys remember, Jerry Rice was your typical. Football, 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 right. eat, sleep, drink, football. Right. Um, we're not practicing. Okay, I'm going to my room. Right. That was it. Deion Sanders was I'm party, putting my fur party, coat. party, party. Right. The night before the Super Bowl, the night before the Super Bowl, Deion Sanders and the rest of the defense, they were out partying. And Jerry Rice was feeling some type of way about it. And Jerry was like, hey, like, you guys, I think you guys need to take this a little bit more seriously. We got a Super Bowl to play tomorrow. And Deion was like, Man, chill. We're going to beat them boys by like 40, 50 points and anyway. They, and they did. And they went out there and beat them and boys by 40, by like 40 points. points. And to kind of speak to Jamal's point, I think depending on the subject matter, what it is, if, if it doesn't force you mm. to look in the mirror and reflect, I think people are okay with it. Right. Yeah. And I think when it comes to Colin Kaepernick specifically, I think the only reason he's been ostracized the way he is is simply because of what – 
he's advocating for. Then that's it. Pretty much, man, because that word activism it gets skewed by yeah. so many people when it shouldn't be. Because yeah. Colin Ka- Colin Kaepernick's activism has been made about something else a lot. Now, Jamal, let me ask you a question. You believe that you can do both effectively. Right. Maybe not both 100, mm-hmm. but effectively. Right. So I'm going to throw a name out there. And in regards to being an athlete and an activist, I want you to give me a yes or no as to whether or not he's done it effectively. Okay. LeBron James. <laughs> Come on, very much so. What you got, Rodney? Absolutely. I think LeBron, the structure that he has around him is great enough where you don't – it. they insulate him a lot and you don't see the strings that are being pulled for him behind the, the scenes. He's so, got a great team. So it's, getting back more so to your circle, having yeah, a good it's, it's having a good circle and – having everybody kind of looking out for you, just people that you know that are trustworthy enough where, 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 where you could just trust them to to to, to handle business for his you. His boys like work for him. His boys. That's what I'm saying. Like his, the boys his he considers his brothers. Right. And you know, before we did this podcast, I actually went and I researched a few names as far as activism goes. I'll be honest with you. I couldn't really find anybody that successfully done there's, both. There's not too many. Um, the other than LeBron James, there's one other name that comes to mind, and that's Megan Rapinoe. She, I, I, I would say I, Kareem Abdul Jabbar a little bit. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, obviously. Well, and see, that's but that's what makes this conversation so 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 sketch because even though Ali was an activist, can we say that he was successful because he lost three years of his career? I, I was just gonna say it's it was obviously a tumultuous role for Muhammad. Yeah, Ali. yeah. But the thing is, you can't argue the success. Yeah, you can't okay. argue the, the success outside the ring. You damn sure can't argue inside the ring. You you have to. There has to be a sacrifice at some point. Right. That that you make. So yeah, now, if we speak, that. if if we add in the element of sacrifice, then there's a lot of athletes that you. comes into that because right, right, right. one of the names there, there were two names that I came up with earlier. Uh, one name was Kurt Floyd. Mm-hmm. And Kaiser, I'm sure you're familiar with that name. Maybe you, Jamal, you're a baseball yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. But um, in baseball, there was a um, reverse clause, mm-hmm. which essentially means the the, the MLB owned you. And wow. they could literally, like, you, they did whatever the heck they want. And uh, Kurt Floyd, he fought that. And he lost the last three years of his career, I think. So mm-hmm. he ended up not being able to play again. But... He ended up getting the end result that he wanted, and the other players after him benefited. And from then it. another name, and another name I look at is Jim Brown. Yeah, I, right. Jim Brown. Yeah, he 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 was an activist, and then he didn't play long. Yeah, I I I I have to. There's a question I want to ask because we're mentioning Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali. These are two absolute legends. I'm talking about two at two of probably the best at whatever they did. Arguably, you get what I'm saying. So. Another question that needs to be asked is, can you do it? If you're willing to be an activist, how good do you have to be <laughs> at your profession? Yeah, yeah. If Colin Kaepernick is Tom Brady, is that really an issue? Yeah, He's yeah. playing right now if he's Tom Brady good. I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick's not good. I, I'm just saying how good, What what's the level? You get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I agree. Now, to switch gears a little bit, there's two names I want to kind of mention here. I don't want to call them activists. But they were two very outspoken athletes. 
Magmata Burauf yep. and Craig Hodges. Yeah, yeah. Once they start being outspoken, bye bye. You didn't yeah, hear from really them. Well, and, yeah. and it is important to note that this was in the David Stern era. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> David Stern got a lot of blemishes while, in his yeah. era. While Donald Sterling was wreaking havoc in <laughs> Call LA. Bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just leave that alone. We're gonna leave that one alone today. <laughs> hey y'all, that was a pretty dope, that was a pretty dope conversation. Pretty dope. Um, that might be something we can revisit at yeah, another yeah. podcast. But real quick, uh, Jamal, I know you got some heat, so I'm going to let you go last, okay? Right. But um, Rodney, start us off with our shout-outs, all right? I'm going to shout-out Mr. Kyle Allen, man. Yeah. Kyle 150 yeah. Allen. Yeah. And then also, <laughs> <laughs> I love NASCAR. <laughs> so, um, and I'm going I'm to take a shout at the haters, man. There's, there's a couple of radio hosts I heard this week saying that Kyle Allen isn't an NFL quarterback. The brother's 2-0 as a starter. <laughs> I'm going to just leave it like that. And I know y'all got some heat. And I'm going to sit back and watch the heat. You know who wasn't 2-0 as a starter? Who's that? Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> when he 0-9. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he sure did. Well, all right. So, for my shout-out, uh, for anybody that's listening, anybody that's watching, I'm not exactly sure how I'm gonna portray this, but um, so if I drop any any f bombs or anything like that, I'm Bring apologizing it. in advance because I do it. know we got some sensitive ears out there. But I want to give a shout out to the city of Charlotte, mm. and the reason why I want to give a shout out to the city of Charlotte is because at the moment I stay with I stay at uh, my uncle's house, right? As I you know, continue to like save up and all that other millennial shit, right? <laughs> so since living at my uncle's place, we live in a cul-de-sac, mm. right? And there have been times where I've waken up in the morning with a yellow slip on my car. And what happens is in my cul-de-sac, if your tire is on the grass, and when I say grass, I mean the yard, you get a you get a citation. Typically you get a warning basically saying that, hey, but don't park don't don't park on the grass or next time it's a $25 fine. What? And I got a I got a slip on my car. And this was like two years ago. I got a slip on my car and I and there probably wasn't even a fingernail worth of tread on the grass. But I got a ticket basically saying, Hey, keep your tires off the grass. Okay, cool. Whatever. Just this past week, we got another slip. And when the trash runs, trash runs on Mondays. Mm-hmm. And I've always been, I've always operated under the assumption that once the trash runs, you have 24 hours to get your trash can out the yard and yep. off the street, put it back in the yard. I found out last week that wasn't the case. I got a slip, a warning, basically saying that, Hey, um, you need to start getting your trash off the road in a timely manner. Next time it's a $25 fee. As opposed to having 24 hours, we now have until 11.59 Monday night to get the trash can off the road. And I don't like it, but if those are the rules, those are the rules. I am perfectly fine with that. But my question to the city of Charlotte is how is it that within the span of less than 24 hours, you are able to see my car illegally parked for all intents and purposes, and you're able to see my trash can on the side of the road, but for 20 plus five fucking years, you did not see Cedar fucking Grove Cemetery and all those damn trees growing on that motherfucking ground. Hello. How the fuck did you miss that shit? Hello. 
How did you miss that shit? Hello. Answer me. How can you see my car, which does not sit still for very long, on the grass? You got a fan. It's and hot let me here. know. But you can't see. But you did. You missed Cedar Grove. Bitch is not over today. <laughs> you missed Cedar Grove. Look, I don't get it. I I don't get it. Hey, I I get it. You are you are doing your job, and I use that very loosely. But let's do our job. Let's let's do our job all the way, Charlotte. Okay, and and this is not a threat by any means. But I emailed all you guys about a week ago about the uh, continued cleanup of Cedar Grove. I haven't gotten anything. So um, sometime next week, I'll be down. I'll be down at City Hall. Dunlap Mania running wild, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. That that wasn't as intense as I thought it was gonna be. But um, you know what you should do. I, I just found it very perplexing. You should make a Cedar Grove Cemetery banner and put it on your car, and then put it on the grass and see how they respond. That's what's up. All right. That's what's up. <laughs> I had something to say, but it's not appropriate. Go ahead. All go. right. Um. So I'm going to start out with my pleasant shout outs first. Uh, I want to shout out Travis Kearns. Um, hey. I, any, I, I'm trying to make a habit of anybody that I kind of remember that walks up to me and says, hey, man, I really love what y'all are doing. Don't stop what you're doing. Sure, I'm going to try to keep them in mind in my shout outs. So shout out to my brother, Travis Kearns. Shout out to Lafia Hayes. Love you. Keep strong. Stay strong. Um my shout at goes to a miserable human being who actually lives in Charlotte, who lives in Charlotte, who should have ended up on a paper towel. I don't understand why people who are jealous of other people can't just come out and say, hey, I'm a miserable human being, so I'll never have anything positive to say about another human being. Who's way more successful at life than I'll ever be, who will make more money than I'll ever make, who will be more relevant than I will ever be. Paul Feinbaum, seek therapy. You are the most miserable cunt I have ever seen on TV in my life. <laughs> there, when you are a quote unquote journalist or a media personality, a part of that duty is to be objective and, and to be fair. This man has been unfair to Cam Newton since his days at Auburn. Maybe because he's an Alabama fan. Maybe that's maybe it's just some deep-rooted Auburn, Alabama hate. I don't really think so. I think Paul Farnbaum wakes up every morning and has a Cam Newton poster right in front of him and said, God, I'll never be as successful as Cam Newton. So let me go on TV and hate him, him as much as I possibly can and make other miserable old white human beings like myself follow suit. Paul Feinbaum, you go to hell. <laughs> Kaza, what you got? What you got? After, after that? <laughs> I got nothing. Thank uh, you for watching. Thank you for watching. Uh, we wish you a wonderful... Shout out to Ryan Clark. Shout out to Ryan Clark. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got the tag him on there. Hey, hey, y'all. Appreciate it again. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment, and follow on all platforms. And uh, we'll see you guys next week, all right? <laughs> Kyle Allen, who riding for 19? <laughs> Starting my fellas. <laughs> uh, I'm like, shit. Just